I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 198 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have an unbelievable guest list for you guys this week as First Class Fatherhood passes the 200-episode mark, and we are going to kick things off today with three-time Super Bowl champion Lonnie Paxton, who played for both the New England Patriots as well as the Denver Broncos. He was part of an all-time great special teams unit with the Patriots, which included Adam Vinatieri. You may recall in Super Bowl 36, the Patriots won the game on the last play with a 48-yard field goal by Adam Vinatieri to beat the greatest show on turf, the St. Louis Rams, led by Kurt Warner, who happens to be a former guest of the podcast here back on episode 71. Uh, it was Lonnie Paxton who snapped that ball, as well as nine other Adam Vinatieri game-winning field goals, and he is with me here today, so please stick around for the interview. Tomorrow, Egyptian personal trainer Mata Abdelhamid stops by the show. He is a former WWE wrestler who is well-known for training Aquaman star Jason Momoa. Wednesday will be a momentous occasion for the podcast as I will drop my 200th episode of the show here and I couldn't have asked for a better guest for the celebration. United States Marines Medal of Honor recipient Dakota Meyer will be here with me so make sure you lock it in for that. Thursday, platinum-selling musical artist Mark McGrath, who is the lead singer of the band Sugar Ray, is going to be here with me. And we are going to finish off the week with another Frogman Friday edition of First Class Fatherhood. Former United States Navy SEAL Chris Osmond will join me here on the podcast. So let's go, dads. I have a great week on tap for you guys to enjoy here. And on a more personal note, today is a big day for me as it marks one year drug and alcohol-free. I have battled with addiction for mostly my entire life here, and it no longer feels like a battle to me. Alcohol has won. I have surrendered, and I honestly have never felt better about sobriety in my life. I hope everybody enjoyed their Mother's Day yesterday, and we are back to continuing our celebration of fatherhood and family life today. I hope you guys will do me a favor and spread the word about this podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that is celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks family values rule and every day is father's day right here with me and i'm going to jump right into the action now with three-time super bowl champion lonnie paxton i'm alec lace and you're listening to first class fatherhood i cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there you will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview if you would like to help me make first class fatherhood ad free please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode all right and joining me now is a first class father he is a three-time Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots. He also played for the Denver Broncos. He now oversees the global entertainment marketing for GoPro. It is a big pleasure for me to say, Lonnie Paxton, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right, here we go. How many kids do you have and how old are they? I got four kids. Um, I got seven-year-old boy and girl twins. Uh, the boy is named Leonidas Ryland Paxton. Uh, so he's my first kind of he came out first and he was my first boy so he got my real my uh my original name Leonidas. Uh, my daughter is Reese Craven Paxton at 7 and then I have a uh 3 soon to be 4 in July boy named Oakley Joseph and um and then my my last 
uh, little boy is uh, one soon to be two here in June. His name is Beckham Pierce Paxton. So three boys okay. and a girl. Very cool. I have the same denomination there as you. Uh, we had our three boys first, and then we had our baby girl. If we didn't get her on four, we'd have five by now. Yeah, right. Yeah, you got to get that one in there. We'll mix it up. <laughs> all right. Now, did you find out what you were having with all the kids, or did you do a gender reveal? Did you wait until the end? How did you work that out? Well, with the twins, we, we felt we had to find out. It was just more for planning purposes. It was actually a, a, a difficult pregnancy for my wife. Um, she went into premature labor um, a day or two after, uh, actually, what ended up being my last um, uh, pro football game. It was a playoff game, Broncos versus Steelers. And uh, we beat them one play, Tebow to Demarius Thomas in overtime, and uh, the crowd was going nuts. Everyone was jumping up and down in the stands, and, and, and it must have shook something loose. So two days later, she's rushed to the hospital. Um, she's on bed rest for the next three months. She was in the hospital for two weeks. And um, so we just felt we had to understand the gender, prep the, the rooms and, and the clothes and everything. And so when she got you know on her, back on her feet, that we, we had everything up to roll it. But the other two uh, – we did a uh, one. Oakley was a surprise, and then the number four was like a gender reveal thing. All right, awesome. Okay, please take a second here, Lonnie, to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Um, okay, so uh, you know, I, I played football professionally. So I was uh, uh, in 2000. I came in as a free agent to the New England Patriots. Um, Bill Belichick and, and Tom Brady were were both uh, first-year Patriots in my rookie year, so Tom and I came in as rookies. Uh, played there nine seasons and then moved on to the Denver Broncos um, uh, with Josh McDaniels. And, and uh, in college football, played uh, lineman, long snapper, and, uh, and, and, and went to Sacramento State up in Northern California and uh, developed a skill, skill that was kind of a commodity in the league as, uh, as long snapping was. And so I built a nice little 12 year career out of that, um, and finished up, uh, at the end of 2012. And, and, um, my mind just wasn't really into football as much as it was in the past due, uh, due to just, uh, having a family and complications with the pregnancy. I was really focused on getting them healthy and, and happy and, uh, you know, ended up, uh, getting cut from the Broncos and, and three months later I, I uh signed a letter of intent with GoPro as the company was uh kind of just hitting its stride and so I've been here ever since since uh December of two thousand twelve and I oversee uh entertainment marketing for them. Yeah, what an incredible career Lonnie, including three Super Bowl rings on your fingers there, so many great experiences. So how did the experience of becoming a dad kind of change your perspective on life? Um, you know, it's it's funny. I mean for me, growing up, I mean, my dad played such a big role for me in sports, and and uh, looking back at it, you know, there were some things I did that probably ticked my mom and dad off, and and uh, at the time I didn't understand why, and and you know, I I had a group of friends that probably wasn't doing the right things, and then I had a group of friends that were athletes, and and you know, always uh, focused on on getting better, self improvement, victory, doing good in school, and all those things, and and. Um, you know, I, I kind of, throughout my career, you know, I, I love to have fun. I love to be with the friends. I love to, uh, you know, enjoy life and travel and do those things. And and um, always knew that being a father one day uh, would be a tough job, would be a, a satisfying job. But I just didn't know when it would happen. Then I met my wife, and, and we we, uh, we moved to Denver when I was with, with, uh, 
with the Broncos and and uh, you know she got pregnant with twins right out the gate and you know I mean life comes at you fast when when you go from from nothing to two and uh, you know she's been such a cornerstone of you know, of of the family of making me a better person of of giving me confidence that we can do this together and, and be be a good father and uh, and good parents and you know so for me it's it's really been a team effort um, you know it, I, growing up I had I had uh, two brothers, an adopted sister. We we housed three exchange or one exchange student, three foster children. Um, we had we had kind of an open door policy at my house, so I, I came from a, a an environment that that had a lot of a lot of love and a lot of uh, different different stories coming together. And and you know I didn't know how that would shape me as a father, but you know it, it, every day I feel like you know I'm just I'm, I'm learning more. I'm, I'm pulling more from my past experiences, and and um, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's it, you, you never just nail it. You just constantly try to improve. Very well said. Now, are you still in contact with all the uh, foster children and, and the exchange student? Uh, you know, the the foster kids. No, they they were they were short stints. One was the three. It was two brothers and a sister. Another one was a a, a single kid at a different time. Uh, the exchange student went back to Chechnya, Russia, and, um, and we just uh, kind of re-picked up uh, conversations over, I don't know, 20, 25 years through social media, and um, so we've, we've kept in touch a little bit recently, um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it, it was one of those things that just, it was this period in life when, you know, I was trying to, to grow as a student athlete, and uh, was a teenager myself, so... Um, had a lot of responsibilities, you know, helping them in the morning, prep for their day, or, or you know, taking in uh, new, um, you know, just new personalities, and and you know, not fully understanding where they came from, just knowing that they're here now. Um, I mean, even at the same time, my my aunt got into a serious car accident, and we took on her two daughters, my two cousins, and this was all over, you know, in high school that we were just taking people in. I mean, we at one time we didn't have them all in the house, but it was kind of a revolving door of, of stories and personalities and issues and, and, you know, a little bit of emotional baggage. But um, I think it all really helped shape, you know, how I'm trying to, you know, uh, be a father, listen, try and dissect the issue, trying to assess it and, and uh, move forward. Very cool. Now, do you have the seven-year-olds involved in any uh, sports or activities yet? Yeah, so my seven-year-old son is—he's uh, been doing basketball and flag football. Uh, seems to love both of them, and and you know the the real joy that I'm getting is is seeing how much fun he's having with his teammates. You know, at the end of the day, it's it's he's he's loving what he's doing. He's having a great time. He's supporting his teammates. You know, whether whether they do bad or good, and, and he's the first one to go chest bump them, high five them, yell, you know, uh, good job or whatever. And, so he's loving that. My daughter, my, my wife came from a dance background. Um, so my daughter's been doing some tap dance and some jazz and, and recently got into gymnastics. And same thing, she's just loving it. She's enjoying uh, the group setting. Um, you know, she's a perfectionist like my wife, so she's, she's trying really hard to, to get all of her steps down. And, and uh, so th- those are the two things. And then we just moved to a cul-de-sac recently um, out here in, in uh, Carlsbad where uh, the kids can kind of roam around on their bikes and skateboards and, and uh, you know, play wiffle ball in the, in the streets with the kids. So 
the young ones get a little taste of it, you know, a little bit less organized, but then the two older ones are in the kind of the organized sports right now. Yeah, good stuff, Lonnie. And I love to always get the opinion from you former NFL players on this next topic because it's a challenge for many dads, many parents in general out there, and that is the decision whether or not to let their children play tackle football with all these reports we have now about CTE. It makes it even that much more difficult. So what's your take on it? You have uh, three sons of your own here. Um, how do you feel about young kids playing tackle football, and what do you think is a good age for them to start? You know, I my mom and dad didn't let me play until high school, uh, until freshman in high school. Um, I was always on the bigger side, so I would have, you know, been an eight-year-old with 11-year-olds, and, and they just didn't want that. So I, to me, I honed my, my athletic skills and my, uh, you know, teamwork, um, you know, ability to work with other players, meet guys from different nationalities and, and cultures and stuff in other sports like basketball, baseball. Um, I grew up in a very action sports heavy landscape in Southern California. So, uh, dirt bikes and BMX and, and surfing and skating, those were a heavy influence where I grew up. And so, you know, football was a big passion for me. I'm glad that my parents held me out uh, until I was a freshman um, in high school. And so I think, you know, I'm just going to take that same approach with my son. Um, to me, team sports are, are some of the, the greatest uh, life skills uh, teachers of, of all. I mean, having a coach, having a team to rally around, having the structure of a team sport, is very important for for I think you know how you how you react in in a in a school setting how you react in a business setting your personal drive uh, determination and and uh, a lot of those skills are developed in, in 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 team sports I truly believe so you know I want them to to play whatever sports makes them happy if you, if he's going to choose football um, you know I want to I want to be there to help them do it right and make the right decisions. Uh, on on tackling, you know, on on keeping his body fresh, on um, uh, you know all of the things. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you could walk outside and get a concussion. Yes, football. There's there's a, a greater uh, sense of impacts per play, um, but everyone's body is different. You know, I played long snapper, and I seem to be hurting a lot more than my friends who played 16 years at, lot, at linebacker. And whether or not it's 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 from genetics or or diet or, uh, uh, you know, the way you've taken care of your body, you know, and I'm sure some of those have factors in it. But, you know, for me, it's just being being there to, to encourage them to do good in anything they do. Um, if it's contact sports, I think we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah, well said. Now, you played the position of long snapper, which isn't considered to be the sexy or the glamorous position, but if you don't perform your skill to perfection when the game is on the line, uh, you can quickly become a household name. And there was no greater pressure, I would imagine, for you uh, than to snap the ball when the game was on the line in Super Bowl 36, where Adam Vinatieri connected on the field goal to win the game with time expiring there. Uh, what was it like to be a part of that New England Patriots team with Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and the whole crew? All right, it is time to get an important word from our sponsors and then back with more with three-time Super Bowl champ Lonnie Paxton. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Let's go, dads. You heard me speaking recently about my daddy-daughter date to see Frozen on Broadway, and it was a night to remember. I bought my tickets on SeatGeek.com and used my promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS, and I saved $20 off my tickets, which I used to buy my daughter a souvenir at the show. Right now, baseball season is in full swing. Both NHL and NBA playoffs are heating up. And if you plan on bringing your kids to any live event, go to SeatGeek.com or use the SeatGeek app and plug in my promo code FIRSTCLASS. One word, FIRSTCLASS. 
and First Class Fatherhood listeners can save $20 off their tickets. It's a slam dunk deal, guys. Go to SeatGeek.com and use the promo code FIRSTCLASS. Fatherhood is the best seat in the house. What's it like to be a part of that New England Patriots team with Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and the whole crew? I mean, it's a great experience. You know, I came from a, a small school in uh, in Sacramento, one double A. You know, I mean, we we didn't have the amenities that a lot of these one A schools have, uh, meal programs and and summer jobs and uh, you know great training facilities and and you know all this swag that you get, thousands of people are getting. I mean, you know, we 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 came. I came from a, an environment that was really all about bonding with your teammates, grinding through tough seasons. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't think I was going to play professional football. So my, my goal was set to, you know, finish school, start working, uh, you know, find, find a job and, and move on with my life. And, um, and I got the call, I got the opportunity. Um, you know, I didn't know, I didn't even know where New England was. It was one of those things. I mean, you, I was playing, you'd use the Patriots sometimes on Madden for, uh, you know, Drew Bledsoe to Terry Glenn or Ben Coates, but you really didn't know where New England kind of was. And when I got the call, you know, I, I approached it just like I did college. It was the first one who gives me the opportunity I'm going with. And they were the first team to call. Um, went out there. We, Me and Tom were literally on the same flight together uh, from California and uh, didn't know what was going to happen. Um, you know, we were a bunch of nobodies. We were 5-11 that first year. And, uh, and it was a grind, you know. And a lot of rookies from that rookie class didn't make it to year two. They barely made it through training camp. I would say about 50% of the of the roster was uh, was removed and, and new faces were added, um, like the Mike Vrabels and Larry Izzo's and, and Matt Light came in as a rookie. Um, so there was uh, there was you know it was kind of we started from scratch and, and it was really cool to see that and you know Tom gets a lot of credit, Bill gets a lot of credit, but there are some really really amazing football players you know that that I had to. The, the, the chance to work with like Teddy Bruschi, Willie McGinnis, uh, Ty Law, uh, Vrabel, uh, Izzo. You know these these guys are are the found Ted Johnson. These guys are the foundation of of what really you know became now known as the Patriot Way. Um, and Bill, you know, played a really big role in, in being hard on everybody, leveling the playing field. And you know, your best player ain't treated like it. He's treated just like everyone else on the team and and uh everyone could respect that you know it weeded out the guys who weren't into that um and so uh i think we we found a good nucleus and you know having the opportunity to play in super bowls and game-winning kicks and you know snap to one of the uh you know greatest kickers of all time and and you know hang out with tom as a friend i mean it's uh it's, it's some of those things that you know you, you can't plan for you just kind of take it in stride now that i'm a little bit older i can look back and, and really appreciate it yeah, it's amazing. And I was fortunate enough to meet Tom Brady and Belichick and Edelman and the rest of the Patriots there this year. Uh, I interviewed them for the podcast on Super Bowl Media Day. Now, are you still pulling for the Patriots? Did you root for them in the Super Bowl? Heck yeah, man. Those are my family. They, uh, it, it's just it's just so cool to see, you know, Tom at his age and, and, and the constant uh, level of whether it's they win or lose, it's just the level of preparation and, and on to the next week and, you know, uh, a game time adjustments and just, just the, the strategy and level of, uh, of play of the Patriots. It's, 
you know, they'll be in my heart forever. I married a Boston girl. I'm, we're always going back. I got, I got the accent in my family now. It's, I've married into it. So, you know, we'll always be going back to reunions and family functions back there. So, uh, I got Patriot blood for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff, Lonnie. And how did you kind of sidestep into this new career you got going with GoPro? What was the genesis of that? And what are your goals for the future with them? Um, so it's kind of a, you know, it goes back quite a ways. Um, just growing up in Southern California, as I said, uh, action sports was, was was a big part of everyone's life. And, you know, it, there was guys who, who played team sports. And then, you know, you got you got done with practice and you went, you know, ripped around on your dirt bike or, uh, or you know, headed out on your BMX bike or to the beach or whatever it may be. So action sports was always kind of a just an influence where I grew up in the, outside of a little town called Corona, just south of Orange County. And um, as I was getting in through through college, I you know, as I said, I, I didn't think I really had a chance to, to play. So my, my offensive line coach one time, Said, hey, have you tried this stuff? It's, they're called Red Bull. You, know, you should you should try one of these, man. It's like a cup of coffee. It gets you going. So we, we drank some Red Bull, and, and everyone liked it and kind of liked the brand. And he's like, I know a guy over there. I'm like, you should talk to him. Maybe a good opportunity after after college. And so I ended up signing with the Patriots, and then I was, you know, I saw Red Bull in the sprit in the store, and I'm like, man, I'm paying you know two bucks a can or three bucks a can for this stuff. How can I? Uh, is there a way like I can get some? And so it, that relationship kind of started. They started seeding me product, and uh, and you know one case progressed to two, two cases pro- progressed to four, and then and then they sent me a refrigerator. So now I got a Red Bull fridge in my locker, and I'm kind of like the Red Bull guy in the locker room. And you know the the guys Brewski and Izzo and Vrabel and, and these guys would come by and have a Red Bull before practice, and and we'd sit around and, and talk about it. And you know Red Bull catches wind of this. They start sending me to events, and I did a few speaking engagements for them. And along the way, I met their vice president of sports marketing, and uh, became really friendly with him. And he's a great friend today. was was uh, in my wedding, and um, his name's Paul Crandall, and he was a, a huge influence on me, kind of in the industry from an executive level. <clears throat> and um, as my career was kind of winding down, um, I I had a house in Southern California that that. Uh, had a massive backyard, a big grotto pool, and it had, there was BMX jumps in the back that I let a friend build, um, uh, and, and we would host events there. So I'd have a concert, I'd, I'd host uh, special events, charity events, golf tournaments, and the after parties would be there and stuff. And uh, so industry people started to catch wind of, of my name and my connection to Red Bull or the, or the, the, the brand managers for other companies. And, uh, and as I was winding down my career in Denver, Paul Crandall from Red Bull went to become the uh, VP of marketing for GoPro and um, came out to a game, brought a bunch of cameras. Uh, we handed them out to the guys in the, in, in the parking lot, and, and I just started asking them questions about what, you know, what, what do you guys need? What are you looking for? I think these cameras could help in team sports. You could see the quarterback's eyes where he's looking and, and, uh, you know, put him in the helmet one day and, uh, you, know, you know, all these, you know, pie in the sky ideas. And I said, do you have anyone who oversees this GoPro? And they said, no, we're actually, we're kind of looking, uh, but we don't even have the job description. And literally a couple months go by and I ended up getting cut and I just called him and said, you know, hey, is it, can I get, can I get an interview? Can I go, come tell my story? And, uh, and they, they, they kind of created the role for me at the time um, and didn't have a ton of budget or, 
or you know just industry expertise in what was necessary for team sports but gopro was such a solid brand and and had a, a, a real aspirational side to it that you know we were getting hit up from from uh, film studios from team sports leagues and broadcasters and and brand partnerships and events and so they needed someone to fill that role and, and i think you know the door was open at the right time for me um it's funny because the day i that the 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 contract for GoPro came through my email. Uh, the the Chargers called my agent and said, "Hey, you want to come finish out the season? You know, three games." And I felt at the time that I would I would have not had this door had I not taken it at the time. So I turned the Chargers job down and and uh, went with GoPro. The rest is history. Wow, that's incredible, Lonnie. And talking about all this technology, that's another one of these big struggles for a lot of us dads out here. Um, are your seven-year-olds, are they swiping screens already? How do you kind of handle the technology and the video games and all that stuff with them? You know, they, uh, we, honestly, I, I would say we're one of the, for someone who's in the tech industry and I'm on a screen all day long, whether I'm traveling or I'm at work, uh, their screen time at home is non-existent. They just, um, we don't really allow them on a daily to, to use an iPad. I do have some iPads that I've acquired over the years, but but they kind of, we hide them and and we we monitor uh, the activity um, that they get on them. They, we don't have a video game console. Uh, they're starting to ask about it for sure, um, but we're going to hold off as long as we can. You know, we we spend some I spend so much time on the road or um, at work that you know when I come home I don't. If we go to dinner or I'm at home, I don't want them swiping or or, or sitting there buried in it at at a at a restaurant. You know, we're just not that we're just not that group of parents. And honestly, when we when we're at a restaurant or we're out and about and we see kids that are that way, I mean, everyone has their own parenting skills and and their own strategy. And whether or not it's being lazy or whether it's not, you know, your kids, you know, uh, it, it keeps them you know interested while you're busy doing something else. You know, we we like to be very hands on. Um, I mean, we got four kids, and and we we just try to chat, have fun, tell stories, you know, come up with with quirky little uh, games or questions to ask each other to to you know sidetrack or, or get away from a, the notion that they need a screen in their face to 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 be uh, quiet or interested. Yeah, very cool. And what was the transition like for you, Lonnie, going from having twins and then adding a third and eventually a fourth child? Because I talk about this on the show a lot. You know, for my wife and I, our most challenging transition came from having two to three children, uh, but ours came one at a time. So which transition would you say was the most challenging for you guys? You know, um, we because we had twins right out of the gate, I, I thought that, you know, we've just we, we built the model. You know, we had the schedule down. We built the model. We, we, we plug them right in. Um, we get them sleeping. We get them eating at the proper times. Um, we stay tight on the nap schedule. So, you know, the transitions from two to three or three to four haven't been that tough. Um, you know, I, my wife's probably answer it much better because she's the one who's, who's in it all day long. But, you know, I, I'm a true believer in the schedules, in the, uh, in the sleep schedules and the eating schedules and, um, uh, that is, I would, I would say that's the biggest key to our success, um, and they're just happiness overall as, as kids. Um, now they are getting into, uh, you know, my, we're going to start potty training my youngest one. He's he's not even two yet, and so my wife has graduated these kids so early on in their in their lives from 
diapers to potty trained or uh, the the cribs to the regular bed. I mean, all of these kids have been potty trained and in regular beds by the time they're two and a half, three years old. Um, no more high chairs. I mean, she she's a real big uh, – she loves these milestones. She wants to hit them early, get it out of the way, so that it just makes life easier. So, you know, for, for us, it's it's kind of hitting these milestones and these goals and, and letting them just become, you know, children and not just stay in this baby stage for so long. Yeah, awesome. And you may have touched on this a little bit already, Lonnie, but the last question I'm going to hit you with, I'd love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new father or for that about-to-be dad who's out there listening? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the main thing is the schedules. I mean, you know, everyone, uh, it's so cliche on, on these baby-wise books and whatnot, but we followed that thing to a T, and you can tell the parents who 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 say they're following a schedule, but they give in along the way. You know, you're not supposed to feed them in the, in uh, at certain times in the middle of the night or turn the light on. You give them a little bit and let them go right back to sleep. Or, you know, they might miss a nap and then they're up and they're cranky. Or you you, you let them come in your bed with you and, and you know, you, you guys might have the TVs on or you're on your screens and it's and and it's screwing them themselves up. You know, we're, we're the biggest advice is like stay on these schedules, let them cry it out. And, uh, and and it'll train them to, to be a happy kid. Yeah, great advice. I love the message. This has been a lot of fun for me. I got to say, Lonnie Paxton, you are a first-class father. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. I appreciate it. Thanks for the time. And, uh, yeah, for all those new dads out there, enjoy it. It, uh, it goes quick, but it's something that will last forever. Well said. All right, I'm back with a couple of closing thoughts in just a second here. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Lonnie Paxton for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM over on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's podcast. I always love to get your feedback. And lock it in. We got a lot of action coming your way this week. Tomorrow on the show, Egyptian personal trainer, Mata Abdelhamid. Wednesday, we are going to turn 200, dropping the 200th episode with the United States Marines hero, Medal of Honor recipient, Dakota Meyer. Thursday, we got a platinum-selling recording artist, the lead singer of the band, Sugar Ray, Mark McGrath, joining me here. And Friday, of course, we have another Frogman Friday edition of the show here to bring you. Former Navy SEAL Chris Osmond will be joining me to close it out strong. All right, that's all I got for you guys today. I hope you enjoy your week. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Tall as a tree, I saw feeling so.